Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional. As you can tell from the slightly different style of music, this is going to be a slightly different style of episode. It's something we call Story Chat, where we sit down with an author, a filmmaker or any kind of storyteller really, and talk to them about their life and their work in a real fun and laid-back way. So sit back, relax. Unless you're going for a jog, then run faster. It's story time. Hello and welcome to Stories the True and the Fictional. Today we have a guest all the way from California. Her name is, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Teresa Halvorsen. Yes, son of Halvor. It's, it's, yeah, it's my husband's Norwegian name. Oh, that's, that's even better. (laughs) right it's it's such it's such a good name um and it looks it looks good on paper as well um it does it does yeah so just to get to get us started do you want to um tell us about yourself sure so my name's Teresa. um i'm an author i'm a podcaster i'm a publisher and i'm an editor um and i have a day job so yay um yay for caffeine um So I have um, three books out. I have uh, River City Widows. That is a paranormal romance about a woman whose uh, house in Sacramento turns out to be very haunted. And they find that out when her stepdaughter uh, brings a Ouija board home from college, which, as we know, you should never do. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I have um, Warehouse Dreams. It's a dystopian romance about a school for um, telepaths and psychokinetics. Kind of think X-Men, Harry Potter, um, but from the... uh, uh, My cat has decided he wants to be part of the podcast as well. Uh, but from the perspective of the teachers. Um, so, you know, very, very flawed characters. And then, you know, there's, there's a little bit of romance that happens too. Um, then I have a creative nonfiction piece that I co-authored with my business partner, S. Faxon. That one is about the ghosts that are aboard um, the Star of India. It's a very, very haunted ship in the San Diego Harbor. So, yeah. Plenty of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, so we're going to kick into some icebreakers, which we tell, ask all our guests. We've had a wide range of responses. Um, but straight off the bat, if you could get rid of one thing in the world, what would it be? Um, sleep. <laughs> no, seriously, I yeah. would love I would love not to have to sleep. I would love just to be able just to keep on going and not be like, my brain has stopped working and I need to stop. Um, <laughs> That's true, because when you think about it, you could double your life, essentially. Yeah, I, I could do so much more. Good answer. <laughs> um, so what's something on your bucket list? Oh, okay, you're going to like this one. I really want to go to Australia, really and truly. I wouldn't recommend I, it right now. but <laughs> No, not right now. <laughs> After the pandemic thing is done. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah we've, but, got a new, we've got an election coming up in a couple of months. So we may have a new government and they might be more welcoming. So, I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, everyone's government's a bit of a mess right now. Yeah, we won't get into politics. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> now to, to lighten the mood, uh, what's, the, what's the greatest sitcom? Greatest sitcom. Ooh, that one's a tricky one. Okay, I'm going to go with one that someone has that most people have never heard of. It only lasted for one season 
and it was called Wonder Falls. And it was about this character who started to have like random objects talk to her and tell her what to do. And if she didn't do what they told her, what, what they told her to do, they would sing to her constantly. Oh, wow. But the, the characters like the the characters talking to her actually like were trying to move her life forward. And if she didn't listen to them, not only did they sing to her, bad things happened. So it was weird and quirky and I loved it. But again, only lasted for a season. Wonderful. Was that it? Wonderful. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up. It sounds very entertaining. Um, it was. Yeah. All right. Um because you write a bit of dystopian, I'm sure you've thought about this. Um, zombie apocalypse plan, do you have one? I would probably die pretty early on, honestly. Um, I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll be blunt. I, I, I know that about myself. I tried doing one of those running apps a long time ago yeah. where like, you know, you're like, okay, now the zombies are chasing you. And I became zombie fodder within like two minutes. They, they, <laughs> they got me. Um, no, I, I, I think I would probably do what most people do, um, try to hole up in the beginning and then try to find like-minded people that aren't, you know, bad. Yeah. Well, the last, the last person we asked, he said, he, he Googled what, what would, what would a good plan be? (laughs) And he found out that going to a prison would be the safest thing to do. Yeah, actually. Yeah, you got plenty of food, you got um, supplies, and you got, a, you know, you can lock it up. And everyone in there would be dying to get out. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They did that on The Walking Dead until they had a pandemic and then they had to leave. Oh, no, no, the governor got them. That's what yeah. it was. The governor got them. Yeah. I, I remember because someone put a thing out saying, everywhere this group goes, <laughs> trouble follows. Because like everyone yeah. was fine in the prison. And then they went there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 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 like writing fiction. Yeah. Uh, I was I was actually just working with one of my um, one of the people I was editing, and um, told him I'm like, you know, authors have a hint of sadism because we create these characters that we love, and then we destroy their lives. Yeah, and that's what makes good fiction. Yep, it's especially hard when you create a character that you love. Yeah, and then you're like, is. I don't want to kill you, <laughs> but but I have to. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Last icebreaker. Elon Musk offers you to test drive his new electric car machine. What do you do? I would do it. Um. I actually have a Tesla, so um. I would do it. Um. And as I saw this question, I was like, okay, where would I go? Future or past? And I I, I worry about the future tremendously. So I think I'd go past. I, I really would want to see like Renaissance Europe. Um, you know, I'd love to see the Elizabethan era. I know it's not like the historical um, movies and it's probably yeah. absolutely disgusting, but I would still love to see it. I'd love to see a Shakespeare play. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move right along. And I have a really important question, probably the most important question. As an Australian who has never left the country, is Disneyland as magical as they say it is? I love Disneyland. We we go all the time. I'm a huge Disney fan. Um, so I say yes. Um, you have to go kind of like just planning to kind of chill and just yeah. take it all in. Um, there's a lot of, of kind of hidden nuances to it. Um, and that's why people love it so much. Um, 
and you know, pick your poison. Do you like the shows? Do you like the food? Do you like the attractions? Do you just want to wander up and down Main Street? Because mm. that that'll last you all day too. So it's pretty amazing. Yep. Let's maybe one day I'll go there. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, all right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Um, where did your love of writing begin? It began with a love of reading. Um, I literally, not literally, but I absorb books um, from a very, very young age. I um, just started reading as much as I could. I loved the um, Wizard of Oz books. I swear I had them memorized. And like all good, you know, soon to be authors, I was like, what would it be like if I was in Oz? Um, And I think from there, you kind of start imagining and then you find out that people can make money writing stories that they imagined. And then you just kind of say, I want to be an author. So. So um, you do a lot, a lot. (laughs) So so I'm I'm wondering if you if you ever had a backup plan or did you just tackle all these things at once to, you know, um... Um, I have a problem saying no. (laughs) So, you know, and and to me, um, the podcast is probably the best example of this. I went to a writer's conference and I met my um, other podcast hosts, um, Molly and uh, Morgan and S. Faxon. And we we were just sitting around just chit-chatting and Molly says, but we should do a podcast. And I was like, sure. Yeah, that sounds like a blast. Whatever Mm going to happen. Um, And and then it did happen. And then... um, you know, my business partner, um, S. Faxon was like, we should do a publishing company. And I'm like, we should, it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it, all this stuff kind of happened. Um, and then she's like, we should co-author a book. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, same problem. <laughs> so the question everyone's wondering is how do you find the time to do everything you do? Yeah, um, a really, really good question. And I've actually really been thinking about it lately. Um, for good or bad, I'm very, very regimented in my time. Um, I get up at four 30. Um, I, you know, get ready for work and everything else. And then I usually can find about 30 minutes, um, to do editing. I go to work on my way to work. I listen to either podcasts about marketing podcasts about writing, or, you know, a book that I feel is going to add to my editing or my writing skills. So I'm extremely deliberate about that. Um, I go to work. Um, I do nothing with writing um, <laughs> at all at work. Um, hopefully my boss doesn't, doesn't hear this. Um, and then again, I drive home, same thing, listen to yeah. podcast books, whatnot. Um, and then when I get home again, I'm very regimented in my time. Um, you know, I work very hard to be done with writing by about eight 30. And then I spend the rest of the evening with my husband. Um, on the weekends, um, my poor husband, I swear he puts up with so much for me. Friday night, I'm like, all right, what's the weekend plan? And the reason I ask him is so that I can be like, all right, I can do two hours here, one hour here, two hours here. Um, but that's 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 the way I get it done. Um, and I'll be honest, there's a trade-off. Sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I got I got 30 minutes, I'm gonna focus on writing, and I just can't. Yeah. Um so. It, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm working very hard to forgive myself for those moments when I'm like, it's not going to happen. It just won't. Yeah. Um, so your latest book, is that River City Widows? Is that the latest it one? It is. Yeah, so it talk is. Talk a bit about that. Dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's a paranormal romance and it's about uh, Tasia, 
who doesn't have a very good relationship with her stepdaughter and her stepdaughter appears one morning um, on her doorstep and says, hi, I'm going to come and hang out with you guys for a little while. And she's like, why are you here? Um, and then as it turns out, um, she catches, uh, she catches Polly, her stepdaughter and her son using a Ouija board is like, oh my God, you guys can't do this, um, leaves the house. And then all sorts of weird things start happening within the house. They start getting the, um, the footsteps on the stairs. They get, you know, the thumping sounds, things are falling. You've got the coldness and then it continues to escalate. Um, she also has a, um, next door neighbor who is, you know, he's, he's on the spot. Um, and he's, he's interested in her, but you know, her husband died two years ago and she's still kind of going through the grieving process and everything else with that. Um, and things continue to escalate in the house. You know, initially, of course, you're like, no, no, it's nothing. It's nothing, you know? Um, and then eventually they get chased from their house by an entity, and then they call in ghost hunters <laughs> to help them out. So um, it's it's a romance, it's spooky, and it's also solving the mystery. What is in her house um, and what is it trying to tell her? Um, and there's there's a fun twist to it as well. So it sounds like it's the whole package. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so out of all the books you've written, where would you rate this one on your in your collection, per, like personally? So this one turned into an, an inadvertence love story. Um, I grew up in Sacramento, um, even though I live in Southern California now. Um, and my son, when my sons were young, um, we went to all of the places referenced in there. We went to the Sacramento Zoo. We went to Fairytale Town. Um, we went to Folsom Lake. And um, uh, Tasia, the main character, she is a son who is turning eight. And I really thought about those times when my sons were that age. Um, and, you know, kind of put those emotions in there. Um, I also wrote it as a bit of a, a tribute to a very good friend of mine um, whose health isn't very good. She lives in um, East Sacramento where the house is set at. And I actually built um, Tasia's house kind of around hers. So it was a love story to her as well. Um, so yeah, this, this one, this one has a huge place in my heart. Yeah. How would you deal with uh, writer's block? So um, what I do if I have writer's block is I try a sprint. I'll do a 10 minute sprint of like, okay, it's just 10 minutes. You can do this and just try to get as many words on the paper as Mm. possible. Usually that unblocks me. Um, If really and truly I'm like, I have no idea. um, I do outline and somewhere in between a pantser and a plotter um, where I'll do an outline, but if it doesn't stick to the outline, that's okay. Um, so I'll, I'll go back to the outline, see if that triggers anything. Um, I'll go back to my character's kind of fatal flaw, see if that triggers anything. But if I try for like, you know, 20 minutes and nothing's coming, mm-hmm. I take a break. I'm just done. It's, yeah. it's, it's time to stop. Cool. Um, now for the fun part, designing your characters. How do, how do you go about picking their names? So I usually start off with just a quick Google search. Um, and you know, uh, it, I might do like unique female names, unique female yeah. names to start with a B, something like that. Um, and then I'll go from there. Tasia's name um, came from Anastasia and I didn't like Anastasia. Um, and so I was, and I was getting really tired of writing Anastasia all the time. Yeah. So I started just shortening it and then it stuck. Oh. Um, 
if we go back to um, Warehouse Dreams, um, so one of my characters, his name is Stephen, and I wanted a bit more of a formal traditional name. Um, Stephen is genetically enhanced to be perfect. Um, yeah. His parents paid a great deal of money for him to be perfect. So I wanted a very like strong male name yeah. compared to Kendall, who is his love interest and she's, you know, chaos defined. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a more unique name for her. So um, usually I just kind of start with one of those lists and I go, all right, let's try that one um, mm-hmm. and see kind of how, how it feels as I develop the characters. Cool. Um, so you're working on anything at the moment? I am. I am. I'm working on a collection of short stories. They're all portal stories. Um, Cause I love that. I love the idea of um, stepping through a portal into another world. Yeah. Um, but of course it's never that easy. There's consequences to that. Yeah. Um, do you stay in that world? Do you leave that world behind? Do you try to do both? I don't know. Um, and so they're, they're fun stories. I have um, one about a mom who is trying to do the both worlds thing. You know, she has her hidden extra life. And of course that that's not going to work for very long. Um, I have a story about a burned out cop who falls into a wild west steampunk and it's oh. like the best day ever. <laughs> for her, but she keeps falling out of it. And she's yeah. like, oh, come on. Yeah. Um, so um, so it's it's a lot of fun and um, it's helping me because the sequel to Warehouse Dreams has been very, very challenging and it needs a timeout. Um, mm-hmm. So this is kind of helping me kind of keep my writing skills going while you know the, the dudes in the basement are working on it. Yeah. That sounds very, very cool. Um... Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned a few times you've got a podcast or you're part yeah, of a podcast, Semi Sages yeah. of the Pages. I must admit, I listened, I started listening to an episode this morning as I was working on, I'm currently working on turning some of my old screenplays into novel versions. Mm-hmm. So it, I must, I clicked on the one that was about romance because my, my thing's about, it's a combination of zombies, romance and um, comedy. So Oh, fun! Match those things together, and I've always hated doing romance, but I know I need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, unfortunately, just a little hint kind of yeah. helps the reader keep turning the pages. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, do you just want to tell us about your podcast, what you do, and? Yeah. So, um, the semi sages of the pages. It is of uh, four writers, and the great thing about us is that we're all at about the same level of our of our writing and our publishing journey. That's kind of what brought us together. Two, um, two of us, Molly and Morgan, are going the traditional route. They're trying to get an agent, um, trying to get that book deal. Um, and then Sarah and I have No Bad Books Press. We've kind of gone the indie route, and now we're going the small press route as well. Um, so it's been fun to kind of see us kind of diverge um, with that. But we, we all write similar fiction. We all write uh, spec fiction. And um, we have really good conversations about what's going on in the industry, um, what's going on with us, um, what's going on with craft. And then we actually just started a new section on our podcast for our Discord, the people on Discord. Um, and then we'll kind of give little shout outs for them about like what's going on with their lives. We also run on our Discord server, the race to the rejection, and we celebrate people's rejections because that means you're trying and you're getting yeah. out there. So, um, so we've had a lot of really good feedback about how much that has helped people be like, well, that sucked. All right. That's okay. I got a point on to the next one. 
Um, so it's a very, very supportive group. We try to be very supportive to authors. And the reason that we are called the semi-sages of the pages is because we admit we don't know everything. Yeah. And, and we wanted a podcast for, you know, the, the mid-level authors that, because I mean, we, we've all listened to those podcasts of like the authors that have made it. And, you know, they're like, well, it was a rough day. I only sold a thousand copies of my <laughs> books. And we're like, I didn't sell any today. So cool. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Um, so we, we wanted it to be at that level. So. Yeah. Well, it is a great name as well. because It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. You can tell it's written by authors. Um. <laughs> right. Um, so what I think of it is, do you want to just, uh, give some advice to, in case there's any authors listening? about, yeah. you know, publishing or writing or whatever. I'm yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, the best the best thing I can say is that what works for one author may not work for you. And that's okay. I think a lot of times people look around them and they're like, oh, but that one author, they, they got on TikTok and they managed to sell a thousand million billion books because of TikTok. I have to be on TikTok, even though I hate TikTok. Yeah. No, no, you don't. If you hate it, don't do it. Um, and I think the other thing too, is find the balance. Yes. You, you have to do the marketing. I'm sorry. You have to, it sucks, but you have to find the balance between the writing and the marketing and don't give up the writing to focus on the marketing part of it. Cause I see a lot of people doing that too. So. Yep. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and, um, yeah, just want to tell people where they can learn more about you and if your socials and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www.teresahauthor.com. And it's Teresa with an H and that's why there's an, an H in it. Hopefully that helps trigger people. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Teresa Halverson author, and I am on TikTok. Yay. Um, on uh, Teresa Halverson author too. And then for the semi sages, find us on our discord. It's a great place just to get us immediately um and really find a wonderful wonderful group of authors thank you so much and um anytime you want to come back on let us know next next book that you're gonna yes plug. i'd love to I'd love to have thank you back you. on thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to support Stories the True and the Fictional, you can do so by heading on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. That's the acronym for Stories the True and the Fictional there. You can do a one-time donation or sign up for a monthly membership. Whatever you're comfortable with. With your support, we can keep this show up and running and bring you the awesome content we do every week. So if you can, head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash S-T-T-A-T-F. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Stories, the True and the Fictional.